Well, good morning. Welcome to Stuttgart Harvest Church. We are in part number four of a four-part series, and I am glad that you're here as we get to wrap up this series today. Um, we have, it seems like in our nation, we have this culture that's growing, this culture of narcissism, people loving themselves. And if you just need any proof of it at all, all you have to do is, is just kind of look. We, we take more pictures in a, in a week than we used to take maybe in an, an entire year. And most of those pictures are what? Selfies. Selfies. Let me pause and take a selfie real quick. That's <laughs> Most of them are selfies, right? That's just the way it works. You know, we just, we seem to be in a, where we are sacrificing, you know, the, the big, the greater big for a few. It seems like we're walking on eggshells politically and socially because of just the environment that we live in, this selfie society. Social media, I mean, as, and I'm on social media all, all the time, I mean, it's, but social media largely, it's just, you know, you can't spell social media without so me, <laughs> because it is so about me, you want proof of that, it's, it seems to be self-promoting, self-pleasing, self-exaggeration, self-righteous, self-centered, just all selfish, self-loving, Self-pity, self, self, self. The country's moved from how can I help you, Devin and I were talking about this, to what have you done for me lately? What's up, Joe? He stood me up again. Again? Mm -hmm. Well, what's up with this guy? Do you really like him that much? Yes, honey, I love him. He is fine. He's fine. He does nice things for me. I know he used to do nice stuff for you, but what has he done for you? Does that make anybody want to dance? <laughs> I, I don't know if Janet Jackson was a prophet. I have no idea, but that's exactly what the society has come to today. What have you done for me lately? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then we have the tendency to bring that into church. What have you done for me lately? Ooh, 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 yeah. We say, ah, I don't like the way they do their welcoming there. I don't like the way they take an offering. I don't like that. I need deeper teaching. Did you know they forgot my birthday? They didn't come to see me. Nobody mentioned that I helped. No one said anything about my anniversary. No one noticed when, when I went out of my way to do that. You know what? They wouldn't let me sing a solo. They didn't thank me. You know, that haunts, that, that attitude haunts the average church. And this is what happens. When that, when that happens, this is what happens. They stay for a while and they complain. And then the poison of their complaints begins to poison the minds of the people real close to them, right around them in their little circle. 
And then that person begins to say, hey, they didn't ask me to sing a solo either. And man, they didn't bring food to my house when that happened to my great aunt. They complain. And they poison the thoughts of the people around them. And eventually, they get mad enough and they leave. The whole while pointing their fingers and shaking their heads, making a fuss. So they go to another church where everything is better because it's not like that church over there. I I didn't like how they did this. That wasn't for me. I need something different. And it lasts for about a year. And then they start doing the same thing at that church. I I don't really like how they do this or how they do that. And You see, at Stuttgart Harvest Church, we are crazy enough to try to stop that cycle as soon as we get a glimpse of it. We're crazy enough not to join in to that pity parade. We're crazy enough not to make room. We make room for a lot of things, but we're crazy enough to not make room for the me firsts. We're crazy enough to believe. We're crazy enough to believe Jesus. We're crazy enough to believe that his teaching can give us some direction there. We're crazy enough to try this Jesus' lifestyle, after all, he is the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. So let's look this morning at this Jesus style. This Jesus, who is called Emmanuel, which literally means God living among us. You see, there's God the Father, the Bible describes. All God, completely God. There's God the Son. That's Jesus, the Bible describes. He is all God, completely God. And there's God, the Spirit, who is all God, completely God. And and I can't explain how those three separate beings can be one single God, but that's how God describes himself, all equally God. And God, from the beginning of time, planned to leave the comforts of heaven and put on this skin, this flesh, and the bones and blood of man, his creation. He did that so that he could live among us, walk among us, not to teach us, although he did teach us. He didn't do it to set an example, although he did set the perfect example He did it so he could die. Now, while on his journey here among us, he did die as a sacrifice for the sins of his creation, you and me. And he did that to show us how to live. So, God, who is perfect who deserves our worship, who deserves every bit of adoration that we can give him. God, who is the king of all of his creation. So this God, this king, how does he approach living among us? What is his response 
to people who say, but what about me? We're going to look and we're going to survey most, pretty much all, most of what Jesus has to say about this topic. So we're going to start in Mark chapter 9, verse 33. Listen to how this goes. After they arrived at Capernaum and settled in a house, Jesus asked his disciples, guys, hey, hey, what were you discussing out on the road? And at that moment, you could hear crickets. Nobody was saying anything, and they were looking nervously at each other like, I'm not going to answer, you answer. I'm not going to say anything, you tell him. Nobody said a thing because he already knew. This is what happened in verse 34. But they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which of them was the greatest. Wow. Now, verse 35. And he, Jesus, he sat down and called the 12 disciples over to him. They were having a come to Jesus meeting. Literally. Come on, fellas. Come over here to Jesus. We got something to talk about. He called the 12 disciples over to him and said, whoever wants to be first. In other words, whoever wants to be Best. All right, guys, whoever wants to be the principal, whoever wants to be the important leader, the person of highest authority or the most important position, whoever wants that, whoever wants to be first, most important in this organization, in this institution, in this group, Jesus said, he said this, it goes on, you must take, it's on the verse, you must take the last place and be the servant of everyone else. The servant. The word Jesus used for that was diakonos, which literally means a waiter at the table. It literally means one who is assigned menial tasks and duties. It literally means an attendant. Jesus is saying, you want to be high in God's organizational chart? You want to be high? Then you must be at the bottom. And not just near the bottom, not just close to the bottom. You must be in the very last place. The position that nobody wants. That's where you must place yourself. Now, for these guys listening to this, in a world where position mattered, very much like today, in a world where political position mattered, very much like today, in a world where rank mattered, very much like today, where social position mattered, like today, where religious position mattered, kind of like today, this was crazy talk to these guys. And in this moment, Jesus gives them a standard, a standard of serving and not being served, a standard that looks past what I want, my desires, my preferences, my wishes, my rathers, and instead 
I serve and I attend and I wait on the people around me. And you know what at Stuttgart Harvest Church? We are just crazy enough to believe, crazy enough to believe Jesus and to listen to him. We are crazy enough to follow Jesus in a culture that screams individual rights. And we are crazy enough to try to serve ourselves last, proving that it's not about me. It's not about my wants. It's not about my needs. It's not about me. And Jesus, Jesus, he's taking this and he's saying, this is the standard. He's saying, listen, fellas, I don't want words describing your humility. I don't want words talking about humbleness. I want to see it in action. I don't want words. I want to see it. I want action. And then Jesus gives us the ultimate test. If we're really, really listening to what he's saying. And the test is not to listen to these guys and our friends and ourselves describe our serving. The test is not can we hear it, but can we see it? Here's what he said. Matthew chapter 7 verse 16. You can tell what they are by what they, what they do. Not what they talk about. Not what they're saying. You can tell what they are by what they do. Jesus is saying, I don't want to hear another message, Harley, on serving. I want to see it. Okay, Jesus. Point made. Gotcha. Gotcha. Wow, Jesus, those are strong words, strong teaching. That is really different, Jesus. And it's out there, but I gotcha. You want to see serving? Check. You want to see that? Okay. Make myself, make ourselves the lowest. Check. Gotcha. I could see the disciples saying, okay, Jesus, good words. You said it. We'll do it. Gotcha. Check. Make ourselves a loath. Check. Now fast forward. Just a short time later. Matthew chapter 20, verse 20. Here we go. Verse 20. Then the mother of James and John. Uh-oh. Mama's involved. Yikes. Then the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons, and she knelt respectfully to ask a favor. She was respecting this high position of Jesus, Messiah Jesus, the Son of God Jesus, the Son of Man. They say, the reason why they say the Son of Man, because we know Jesus, the Son of God, he's all God. But they also call him Son of Man. You know why? Because he's all human as well. He put on the flesh of man. Son of God. Jesus, son of man, Jesus, soon to be king, Jesus. Verse 21, he says, what is your request? He already knew. 
He knew how this was going to go down. He knew. What is your request? She replied, In your kingdom, please let my two sons sit in the places of honor next to you. One on your right and the other on your left. Really? Didn't we just go over this? Are you kidding me? Really? We're, we're going to talk about this again. Okay. Okay. Verse 22. But Jesus answered them saying, You don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup I am about to drink? Jesus is like, I, I'm getting ready to die. Are you, are, are you ready? Oh, yes, they replied. Yes, yes, we're able, Jesus. Yes. Verse 23, Jesus told them, Oh, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup. But I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. Now, wait a minute now. Listen. Jesus, who is God Himself, God Himself, who has all power and all authority in heaven and on this earth, God just said, I don't have the right. This is bizarre. I don't have the right who will, to say who will sit on my right and on my left. My Father. So we just described to you a moment ago, we have God is made up of God the Father, who is completely God. God the Son, which is Jesus, speaking here, who is completely God. And God the Spirit, who is completely God. Guess what? Each one is equally God. One is not more God than the other. One is not more important God than the other. One is not bigger God than the other. But Jesus, right here, he says... My Father has prepared those places. You know what Jesus said? I don't have the right. Yeah, he, He's got the right. He's God. Do you know what He's saying? He's saying, I, God, am stepping down and being subservient, submissive to God the Father. Wow. This is amazing. My Father has prepared those places for the ones He has chosen. Jesus, God Himself, saying, I'm going to step down and make myself lower and choose to pass that authority on to God the Father. This is amazing. So where does that selection that God the Father is going to make come from? Where, where does he get those positions who are going to sit on the right and the left of Jesus? Do you suppose he's going to go to the top of the organizational chart to somebody who's a great pastor, teacher, speaker, who has hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of... Surely there will be someone with a ginormous, mega, massive church leader type at the top of the organizational chart. Do you think that's where God is going to go based upon how God teaches us? I don't think so. 
I kind of think he's going to go all the way from the top of the organizational chart all the way down to the bottom of the organizational chart among the waiters and the attendants and the servants and those who are doing menial tasks to find the person for his right and his left. Verse 24. When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. And I I can only imagine they were like, come on, guys, get with it. And on the inside, they're thinking, I should have asked because I want that position. But they ask. Ask and you shall receive. I want to receive. I want to sit there with Jimmy Stewart. (laughs) Verse 25. But Jesus called them together. We got another come to Jesus meeting. But Jesus called them together and said, you know, the rulers of this world, the one we're living in right now, this world, they lord it over the people and the officials, they flaunt their authority all over those who are under them. In other words, Jesus is saying those with position In our world, their position, they use that position to put everyone in their place and to make sure they know, hey, you're not the leader. I'm the leader. They use their position to push them down so they can stay on top. They use their power and their authority to keep themselves elevated above everyone. Jesus is saying they use their position and their power to benefit themselves. And Jesus says this in verse 26. But among you, he says, among you, among you, he says, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader, he says, among you must be your servant. Verse 27, and whoever wants to be first among you must become a slave. It's as if Jesus is saying, come on, fellas, let's go over this again. You want to be important? I get that. I got that. You want to be important? Then assign yourself the unimportant things. You want to be high on the organizational chart? Okay, then place yourself at the bottom of the chart. Yes, guys, you're going to get power and you're going to have authority. It is not given to you to use upon yourselves It is not given to you to make you feel important. It's not given to you to make you look important. Power and authority, it is not for you. 
You are to use your power and authority for the benefit of the people around you. And as you choose to use your power and authority to benefit them, you will serve them. Jesus is trying to make this so clear. He's repeating it. Not long after he had just had the conversation, and here he is having it again. It's as if he's saying, okay, guys, okay, guys who has the most power here? You, you do, Jesus. You have the most power. Okay, who has the most authority here? Well, Jesus, you do. You have the most authority who deserves to be on the top of our organizational chart? Oh, most Jesus. Oh, Jesus, most certainly you do. You deserve to be there. Who here deserves to have his food brought to him, his backpack carried for him, his clothes washed for him? Who here among us deserves to have his food cooked for him? Who in this circle right here, fellas, deserves to have someone run all of his errands for him to clean the mud off of his shoes? Of all of us, guys, who deserves to have their bath prepared for them? Of all of us, who deserves the softest bed? Who deserves to ride the donkey and not have to walk? Who deserves the most comfortable seat, the best seat at the table, the head seat, the place of honor? Who, fellas? Who deserves it? Between all of us, who deserves this? Well, Jesus, for sure, you, you deserve this, Jesus, you do. And here's what he, listen to what he says, verse 28. For even the Son of Man, me, Jesus, even the Son of Man came here not to be served, but to serve others. Jesus is saying, we are talking about using all of your authority and all of your power to walk yourself down from the top of the organizational chart all the way to the bottom of the organizational chart and serve all the people above you. Your power is to benefit them, not yourselves. And Jesus is saying, that's what I'm doing. I am using all of my power and all of my authority, everything that I have been given in heaven and on earth, which is how much? It's everything. And he says, I'm using it not for myself. I'm using it for the benefit of the people around me. Do you know how he ends this phrase? He said, I did not come here to be served. I came to serve. And then he ends that phrase with this. And to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus is saying, I'm going to empty myself to the point that I have nothing, absolutely nothing left to pour out. It's to the point of my death. And again, as these men were listening, that was crazy talk. And you know what? At Stuttgart Harvest Church, we are crazy enough we are crazy enough to serve ourselves last. Saying, it's not about me. 
It's not about my way. It's not about my wants. It's not about my needs or my preferences. Not long after Jesus had this second encounter with these guys, not long after Jesus, he's relentless. He's relentless. Listen to what he says. Not long after that. Matthew 23, verse 11. He says, the greatest among you must be a servant. And he's saying, but you know what? Some people aren't going to buy into that. So he says in verse 12, but those who exalt themselves, they will be humbled. And those who humble themselves, those who make that choice to walk down to the bottom of the organizational chart, those who humble themselves will be exalted. And again, Stuttgart Harvest Church, we are not perfect at this. And I can't even say that we're good at it, but I can say this. We are crazy enough to believe Jesus, and we're crazy enough to try to do what Jesus is saying. We are crazy enough to try to serve ourselves last, which says it's not about me, it's not about my way, it's not about my wants, my needs, or my preferences. And now back to Jesus again. He was relentless with this message. Now this is hours, just hours before Jesus would be arrested. Just hours before he would be beaten near to death. Hours before he would walk to his execution, he takes this moment to teach this again. He was relentless. John chapter 13, verse 3. Jesus knew that he had come from God. You know what that means? It means, I know, Jesus is saying, I know that I am God. He knew that he had come from God and that he would go back to God. He knew that he, would, he was here living among us, but he was going to go back to his home in heaven. He also knew, the Bible says, that the Father, here we go again, he's choosing to be submissive to the Father. Amazing, amazing. God being submissive to God blows my mind. He also knew that the Father had given him complete power. Jesus had how much power? Complete. Jesus, in this moment, he's well aware. I'm God. I have power. All the power. There's no little bit I can't. All power. Knowing that he's God, that he's all power, all authority, he walks in this moment from the top of the organizational chart all the way down to the bottom of the organizational chart. Here's how he does it, verse 4. So during the meal, Jesus got up, removed his outer garment, and wrapped a towel around his waist. Suddenly, Jesus didn't look like a rabbi anymore. He looked a lot like a servant. Verse 5. He put some water into a large bowl. And then he began washing the disciples' feet and drying them with the towel that he was wearing. Jesus, the king, and the Bible says, Jesus, the creator of everything, who spoke this world into existence, that Jesus 
walked from the top of the organizational chart to the very bottom and became a servant, a waiter at the table, an attendant, the one doing the menial tasks. Jesus, crazy enough to serve himself last. Saying all of this, it's not about me. And I'm Jesus. All of this, it's not about me or my way, my wants or my needs. This is about you. Wow. And he's not done yet. He's about to die and he's not done yet. They finished that meal, which it's amazing. You need to go read about it. They finished that meal. The meal wasn't amazing. What happened was amazing. Well, I mean, it could have been amazing. Jesus was probably a great cook too. They finished what they were doing. And they leave that room and they're walking to the garden where Jesus will be arrested and he will begin walking to the cross very soon after that. They leave that room and on the way to the garden where Jesus will be arrested, they stop. Jesus stops and they stop. And one last time, Jesus, moments before he would go, he proves those words once again. And here's what he says. John chapter 15, verse 12. This is my commandment, he says. He's not saying this is what I suggest, or this would be a better way of life. This would be the wise thing to do. No, he says this, and I am God with all power and authority. I say this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I have loved you. He's saying, I have been loving you and loving you and loving you. And you haven't even seen the best yet. It's coming tomorrow. Watch. Love each other the way I have loved you. In verse 13, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And that's where he was going, to the cross, to pay the price for me and my disgusting life and to pay the price for you and to pay the price for all the world that will look to him and say, I need you, Jesus. You can have this life. It's yours. You bought it. He didn't die just for one of those guys or three of those guys. He died for all 12 of those guys. He did not die for just those guys. He died for the world. And he looks and says, now, go love people all the way to the cross. And we are crazy enough to believe Jesus. We are crazy enough to do our best to do what Jesus says. We're crazy enough to walk from the top of the organizational chart and to take the last position as an attendant, as a servant, as a waiter. We are crazy enough to do our best and we are not perfect at it. We're not even good at it, but we're crazy enough to try to serve ourselves last and say, this is not about me. This is not about my way or my wants or my needs. And at Stuttgart Harvest Church, we serve. 
We step aside from our wants and our desires and we serve. We step down and we serve. We do our best to use all of our personal power and authority, no matter how great or how small it might be, to use that power and authority for the benefit of the people around us rather than using it to boost our position we step down and we try to use it for others. We serve. And you are incredibly smart. You are incredibly smart. You know, I, I hate this stage. I hate it, but we have to have it or you can't see. I hate these microphones. We just have to have them or you can't hear. For every hour that I sit up on this stage with a microphone on my body, because this is not the important part, for every hour that I sit up here on a Sunday, on that same Sunday, I have spent eight hours serving. This is not what's important. It's what we do. And you are incredibly smart. You know, you know that you, you can join a serving team and be a part of serving. But you know what? It's even more than that. It's everything we do. It's, it's everything that we do. At Stuttgart Harvest Church, whatever power that you have as a person, whatever authority you have, it's learning to use that to benefit the people around you. It's joining a serving team. Certainly it's joining a serving team, but it's beyond that. You know what it looks like? It looks like giving up your aisle seat and moving towards the middle so that people can easily find a seat. Sometimes it's giving up your seat altogether and going and standing in the back because there's someone standing that might need to sit down. It might be the days that we have the live video feed outside. It may be giving your seat to someone in here and you going and watching the live video feed, even though that sucks. It's serving. It's arriving early to help set up. It's staying late to tear down, even though you know all the restaurants will be completely, completely full. You stayed until the last piece of equipment was done and the doors were locked and everybody left. It's walking up and down your row at the end, just cleaning up trash. It's helping someone at Kid Check check in their children because they have their arms full of precious babies and children. It's just helping them get checked in. It's writing name tags on the porch so that we can get to know each other. It's wiping off drinks in front of the cafe because when you pull them out of the ice, the water drips everywhere all over you. It's wiping off drinks. 
It's lifting heavy speakers onto stands. It's rolling equipment in and rolling equipment out. It's placing metal chairs on the metal rack. It's it's cleaning up restrooms. It's even plunging toilets. It's sweeping and it's mopping. It's emptying trash cans. It's meeting people out of their cars on a rainy day with an umbrella so you can walk them in. It's serving with our children in First Look and our children in 252. And you know what? Even during the week, it's serving your small group that you meet with. And it's even your small group serving together. Not asking the church to do things my way. No. It's me helping the church to create environments that meet the needs of those who are searching for Jesus. Not my preference. But what does that person need? Willing to go out of my way. It's even being willing to go out of my way to go out of your way, to go out of our way at some point to start another church in another community with our money and our time and our energy. Why? Because it's not about me. Jesus was clear. Be crazy enough To serve yourself last. Just like he did. Let's pray. God, you told us. You told us in your word that you did not. You, the God of this universe, the creator of everything that's in existence, you did not come here to be served. You deserve to be served. But that's not why you came. And when you left heaven and you came here, you walked out of that top organizational chart position and you walked to the bottom. And you showed us how to do it. Jesus, we're doing the best that we can to trust you with our lives, our church, with our families. And God, now we need to trust you with the power and the authority, no matter how great or small it might be, we trust you with it. And you said, go serve and benefit someone else. And we're going to try to do that in the name of Jesus, our Messiah, our Savior, you who chose to serve us. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen.